The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. We're also brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. I'm just about that action, boss. Welcome in to another episode of the NFL Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's Ryan McIntyre. I'm Rod Gomez. Justin Mark on assignment this week, so he will not be joining us, but uh, definitely we'll be back again for another episode soon. Ryan, it continues to be the NFL offseason, much to everybody's chagrin. I'm sure everybody wants football to hurry up and start, but uh, unfortunately we still have some time to wait, and we have some time to load up on some futures bets here on the on the show. Yes, we do. And uh, it's a football Friday. So happy football Friday to everybody listening. And I do this every Friday. We are less than 16 weeks away from uh, Lions Chiefs. So the countdown continues here on a Friday. Uh, Lions Chiefs to start us out. I I still feel icky about that one, but hopefully it'll pan out and be better than uh, what we expect it to be. But yeah. So since there's 16 weeks, we figure that it's a good opportunity for us to sort of lay out some futures bets for you, as we always do each and every offseason. Today, we're going to take a look at some way too early player futures. Obviously, camps are just now getting started uh, in, in not even in full earnest. But, uh, you know, rookies have been taking the field. Uh, we've seen some workouts, but it's still never too early to start identifying some values when it comes to players' futures. We've got some odds for coach of the year. Actually, it's not a player, but still uh, a futures bet to take a look at. We've got uh, offensive players. We've got most rushing yards, passing yards, uh, totals like that. So, uh, you know, this is a great opportunity for us to even have a conversation about how we think the season is going to shake out for these players. It's never too early to look to uh, some futures because I think we could, we'll see it. We'll see uh, some of the narratives that go on throughout June, July, into August for, with training camp. Um, and I think the markets will reflect that. Like, for example, the teams that are going to be sexy teams in the offseason, the New York Jets of the world, I think that we're going to see some line movement with them. Uh, I think you're always going to see line movement with uh, Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Buffalo just because they've been the three best teams. they got three best quarterbacks. So you may get your best value now. One of the best things, I guess, of doing something like this, doing these early, early, early looks, especially months ahead of the, the schedule, is to go back and look at how these lines actually have shifted over the course of the last few, you know, or, or when it when the season gets closer, to see just exactly how much camp and news from camp and everything shifts these lines. And, you know, it's just very interesting. And then, of course, we were talking just before we got on the show about how these books actually pick who they choose to spotlight this early out in the season. Because as we'll note, you know, with some of these rushing yard leaders and passing yard leaders, not everybody's accounted for yet. And the ones that are kind of have you scratching your head a little bit. Yeah, I, I, we were joking uh, that they got all these props on Lamar out, so I don't know if that means that they think Lamar's going to have a big year or completely have a dud of a year, but uh, a lot of Lamar Jackson props out there. I think he's a hard guy, hard guy to gauge, though, because of his injury history lately and with the new uh, transition into a more of an open offense where they kind of want to air it out, but I'll believe it when I see it because when in doubt, I think when they get in hard games in November, December, January, they're going to revert to running the football, I think. Part of me feels like they're just trying to get everybody's money now because it is Lamar Jackson. Yeah, so, yeah, they're, yeah. yeah, they're just trying to get everybody's money now uh, because they know that there's going to be a lot of folks out there wanting to, to place wagers on Lamar Jackson. So the more futures, the more money they can get into the system now, and 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 guess I it's a free loan from them from you right I guess uh, in the meantime whether they got to pay it back or not later is is later books problem 
as far as who they got to worry about. But um, yeah, it really is interesting to see who exactly they offer and what those odds are. So obviously we'll take a look at those. No doubt. Looking forward to diving into this, Rod. Yeah, and and really early in the season, early in the off season too, when we start talking about these guys, um, obviously the ones that they're offering are uh, players that we know are going to be contributors, right? I mean, then there's the the players later on down the road who may separate themselves from camp, but as of right now, like a lot of these defensive players of the year, offensive players of the year, they're the normal lineup of names, right? There, and we'll talk through them earlier, but th- these are guys that we know. Uh, there's no question as to what their role is going to be on the team going forward, whether that's, you know, a, a star receiver or a star quarterback or whatever the case may be. But uh, obviously we'll go through all of those, uh, but we do have to step away for a quick break uh, to pay some bills, but we will come back and talk to you about all of those uh, before. But let's tell you about Edge Boost. SGPN is excited to announce an exclusive early access partnership with Edge Boost, the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Similar to buy now, pay later programs like Affirm and Afterpay, Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest and more importantly, pay them back the advance with four equal weekly installments. That's right, zero percent interest simply deposit deposit funds into your account and edge boost is going to match that deposit so you can use two times the funds on any legal betting site edge currently offers up to twenty five hundred dollars in advances as you build a repayment history my edge boost double down play of the day will probably be anything i say on lamar jackson by the end of it who knows we'll, we'll figure that one out hmm. go to sports slash edge to sign up today that's sports slash edge must be 21 years or older to use only valid in legal gambling sites problem gambling call 1-800-GAMBLER all right, so I figure a good enough place to start this conversation. Uh, we'll just the MVP odds are out right now, and I feel like that might be a very good place to start, given that all of these players we can make cases for and arguments for. But um, looking around on some of these sites, I do see uh, Bet M- or MGM has some si- uh, some odds out for it. The favorite Ryan in this instance, the co-favorites, I suppose are uh, two AFC quarterbacks in Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, both listed right now at plus 650 to win the uh, MVP of the league. I mean, it's not surprising that Mahomes is going to be up there, but uh, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm a little surprised that Joe Burrow is on equal footing with Patrick Mahomes right now. Uh, I, I'm not so much surprised just because he's got the weapons on the outside with T Higgins and Jamar Chase. It's year number th- uh, four for Joe Burrow. First year kind of was a wash when he uh, blew out his knee, but he's been fantastic over these last couple of years. Uh, you look at what he did. He was second in the league last year in touchdowns. He was top five in, in the league in, in passing yards. Of course, Mahomes was number one in both. So, uh, but I mean, Joe Burrow over the last two years thrown for an average of 4,500 yards a year, 34 touchdowns in 2021, 35 in 2022. He probably needs to get north to 40 touchdowns, I think, to win the MVP and maybe then win the um, AFC regular season and get home field advantage. I probably would lean to Mahomes. I mean, when in doubt, I'm not going to put my money against Patrick Mahomes. But I also look. I, I'm higher on the guy that's uh, just below uh, Burrow and, and Mahomes for MVP stakes. So with Burrow, I, I'm really excited to watch this kid, and I call him a kid because he's probably he's old enough to be my son. Uh, and and mm. I'm I'm so excited to see his future because between him, Mahomes, uh, we'll talk about the guy after underneath it. Um, it's going to be a, a fantastic AFC as far as quarterback position goes for a very long time. Um, but here's the interesting part. And so Josh Allen is next on the list of plus 750. You alluded, you're excited about him. Justin Herbert at plus 900 underneath them. I want you to, to understand as we go through this, the, the AFC quarterbacks are dominating this conversation. There's Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Allen Herbert Hertz is the first non AFC quarterback, but then it jumps back to Tega Viola, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Aaron Rodgers, like, most of this top 10 is dominated by AFC quarterbacks. And that says a lot about the strength of the conference and their quarterbacks. 
Yeah, and I think that's why we're so high on the AFC versus NFC is the not only just the amount of talent with the quarterbacks, but the depth. I mean, you got the three guys up top that everybody talks about: Mahomes, Burrow, Allen. But then you got the new, the next wave of generations with the Herberts, the Lawrences. Uh, you got two, and then you got the old guys with uh, uh, Wilson out in Denver, and then Rodgers in New York. Now you got Deshaun Watson still, who's as talented as anybody. Lamar's won an MVP. Um, this this conference is loaded. Like it's got 10 to 12 really, really good quarterbacks. And then, I mean, you look at guys that a little bit of uncertainty with, with Mac Jones and, and Kenny Pickett. Yeah. They're not going to be MVP candidates, but I think in the right system, they can have good years. So just the overall depth of this league and your guy, Jimmy G is a part of this conference now. So yeah, the depth of this, of talent at the quarterback position in the AFC is, is unbelievable as deep as I can ever remember conference. And I think that's why, we view the AFC so much more superior to the NFC coming into this NFL season. Which, again, as an NFC team, as a fan of the Niners, the NFC was always the conference and the AFC was always the afterthought. But, uh, yeah, well, for me anyways, I don't know. Maybe maybe the facts didn't back it up, but as a San Francisco 49er fan, I always felt every AFC team was inferior. But, um, you know, Josh Allen at 750, uh, really just make your case for him because obviously you're more excited about him than than you are the other two. Yeah, I, I love Josh Allen. He's he's one of my favorite players in the league, and he's exciting. I think he's a little too exciting for me at times where he sacrifices his body too much. I thought he got banged up after that Jets game, but I think it's second year of uh, playing under Ken Dorsey in the offensive system. I thought it was a little bit of a transition in year number one, moving on from Brian Dable, who took the job with the Giants. I think he has a huge year. Expectations are a little more tampered this year compared to last year, where it was like the Bills are going to go undefeated. They're flying a little bit more into the radar. Everybody claims he had a down year. He still threw for 4,300 yards, 35 touchdowns. And then you look at what he can do on the ground as well. He had 750 yards rushing, seven touchdowns. I, I think that if he could just stay healthy and the Bills win just as much as they did last year, he's right there with Mahomes and Allen, or sorry, Mahomes and Burrow, but you're getting him at longer odds. So that's why I like the value on Josh Allen coming into the year. It really is sort of weird to see him down. I, I know that it's still plus 750, but like if you were to pick a three-headed monster, I, it would be Burrow's, Mahomes, and Allen. So I guess mm-hmm. maybe the, the differential between Allen and Mahomes and and Burrow is is not surprising, but um, yeah, I, I I don't know though. Still, like I get it, I understand, but like still for me, it just eye test wise, like Allen's fantastic, and I'm not going to take anything away from him. I'm not going to get a whole bunch of comments from folks that are like Rod has no idea what he's talking about. Of course, he's a transcendent quarterback, but we've seen Burrow and Mahomes sort of carry it to the next level, right? We've seen them take it there, and I think we need to see Allen in the Super Bowl. If if that's he wants to get into that conversation as well with them. Uh, but speaking of seeing them in the Super Bowl, the next one on the list is Jalen Hurts. And we won't go through the entire list, but Jalen Hurts at 10 to 1, right? This is one that everybody's high on. And I almost feel like this is a a situation in which the books are trying to take your money to give them a 10 to 1 when he should be somewhere closer to like 850, 800 uh, in that range. Because I, I feel like he does have a good shot at being the MVP. And he's below Herbert at nine at plus nine hundred. So um, the fact that the books value Herbert over Hertz is that disrespect or uh, is that about right? So Hertz is unique because he he's obviously he he improved dramatically this year throwing the football, but he still is a run first guy. I mean, they, they cater their offense, read option, creativity, open it up. I think, I don't know if he's going to be, he's going to have as good a year, kind of like my angle with Josh Allen, where it's the second year of an offense system. Uh, Philly's got two new coordinators, offensive and defense. That's what happens when you win all these games. We see it with the San Francisco's of the world where Mike McDaniel and Robert Sala get jobs because your team is successful and then it takes a year to transition. So I think year number one of a new offensive system for Jalen Hurts is a little bit of a transition, maybe a step back. But Herbert's got a new system as well um, with Kellen Moore coming over from Dallas. I like a guy for a longer shot, that, and we'll get to him. He's just below where Herbert and Hurts are. You, you, uh, you teased him. He's, uh, he's in the Sunshine State. He's in the Sunshine State where the bomb. Oh wait, no, that's that's here. Uh, all right, so listen. All right, let's talk about them. Then uh, Tua is at fourteen to one. 
that's not the Sunshine State guy we're talking about. No, I, I like him, but I like him, but uh, he's not my sleeper. At, at 14 to one, Trevor Lawrence, I have a feeling is the guy you're targeting because you've been high on Trevor Lawrence since the drop of the offseason. Yeah, no, that's my guy. I, he's I've, I'm going to ride and die on that hill. Uh, you, you saw it last year, it, the way that he was able to play down the stretch uh, with Jaguars winning, what, seven out of eight, eight out of nine if you include the playoff game. The other thing that I really like with Trevor Lawrence, he gets six games a year against the Titans, Colts, and Texans, which are three of the bottom-tier teams coming into the NFL uh, for in the AFC South especially um, because he gets to play him twice a year. So I like Trevor Lawrence. It's year number two under Doug Peterson as well. We saw what happened with Carson Wentz in year number two in Philly under Doug Peterson. He took a huge step. He was going to win the MVP, but he tore his ACL in that Rams game. So I like, uh, you said 16 to one, right? 14 to one for Trevor Lawrence, 14. to I like 14 to one for Trevor Lawrence as a dark horse to win the MVP he Threw for over 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns. And that was with a slow six game start um, where he just, he tore teams up, especially in that playoff game against the Rams after he threw those picks. Yeah, Chargers. I, mean, I got my LA teams mixed up. That's eh, all right. Yeah. LA, LA doesn't need to anyways, but um, all right, well, we'll continue to talk about that. We'll get to the rest of the list uh, as far as who we can spotlight, but let's step away. Tell you about Shady Rays. Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for Shady May. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, but you also have a chance to win $500. Shady Rays has always got you covered. From the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and so much more. Shady Rays have durable frames and extremely clear optics for all of your outdoor adventures, and that's not all. Shady Rays is backed by the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses that you get is backed by lost and broken replacements. That means that if you lose your pair, break your pair after the second you open the box or a hundred years later, they told us that they're going to send you a brand new pair and not even ask you how it happened, where your shady raised with confidence because they've got your back long after your purchase. And if you don't love them for whatever reason, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. No risk. When you shop at shady raise, that team has always Got your back. You're an international listener. Sorry, right. Shady's has got you covered as well. With shipping to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the UK. Go to ShadyRays.com now. Use the code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. And take that receipt to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May Contest. So, yeah, Trevor Lawrence has been uh, your your go-to guy for a long time. Uh, I'm going to just highlight a few other names, and you just tell me a real quick thought on the rest of these because, I mean, as you get farther down the list, it's it's kind of difficult to uh, to like any of these, especially in certain situations. Aaron Rodgers with the Jets, 14-1. to 1. I know he's going to be good. If he turns that Jets team around, yeah. you can make a case, but I I'm not buying it. It, it is crazy that I, I'm so dismissive, or you and I both, of Aaron Rodgers because he did win two MVPs uh, the two years prior to this last one. But Father Time is undefeated. I'm not saying he's done, but I just think the days of him winning an MVP are are done. So I would not go Aaron Rodgers. I think that's a public narrative uh, inflated price there. Yeah, um, but again, if you feel like he's going to be the savior for the Jets, take them to the Super Bowl and win this year then 14 to one is probably the best you're going to get. If halfway through the season, Aaron Rodgers is eight. No with the jets and has squashed everybody put up all kinds of passing yards. Obviously you're not going to get 14 to one for it, but I don't know that that's a world that we're going to be living in come week, week nine. So I think we're fine with that. Um, Dak Prescott at 16 to one does not excite me at all. Uh, you, no, you know me. I'm not going to give out a Cowboys prop, but I will say with 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 Prescott and Hertz, they are in a watered down NFC. So I, I would give out a San Francisco quarterback because they're probably the other horse that's the dominant team in that conference. But we don't know who's going to play quarterback for San Francisco yet. So I think if you want to play kind of like the Trevor Lawrence angle, where you want to play the schedules and you think the NFC is going to be down compared to the AFC, then maybe you do take a shot on Hertz or Prescott. Yeah, Brock Purdy is sitting at 30 to 1 right now on BetMGM. Where is he at on uh DraftKings? I'm looking for Brock Purdy. I don't Oh, he's 75 to 1 on DraftKings. Holy cow. What about Darnold? 
Uh, the Darnold's not even Darnold is on the list on DraftKings. He's eighty to one, but I don't see Sam Darnold on the list for. Uh, uh, well, I, I got to scroll pretty far down to get Sam Darnold on BetMGM. In fact, he's not even there. Uh, I will say though that you've got to go. You've got to go down to good lord. Um, the first non quarterback for MVP is Justin Jefferson on bet MGM and he's a hundred to one. So that tells you something about the power of the, the quarterback position in, in the MVP conversation. I was just about to say, Rod, you might as well rename this the most valuable quarterback. Cause this is a quarterback award. I think the last guy to win it was AP and he broke Dickerson's record that year. Like, I, you could argue that Jefferson or Cup, uh, Cooper Cup, with their with their really good years over the last couple of years, should have had a chance to win it, but it's not happening. It's a quarterback award, so don't even waste your money trying to take a long shot on a position player. It just it doesn't fit the narrative of this MVP award. Yeah, and on DraftKings, uh, McCaffrey is the first non-quarterback at eighty to one. So, yeah, it really is just a quarterback uh, uh, award. So. Um, all right. The only other one that I feel intriguing is Lamar Jackson. They do have him at 16 to one on bet MGM 12 to one on DraftKings. Uh, bet MGM actually has them lower than, uh, than DraftKings. So it's, it's amazing to me at 16 to one that Lamar Jackson is kind of already getting, uh, uh shunned as it were. Yeah, Lamar's interesting. Like you said, we're new offensive system. They're going to air it out more. Yeah, they got more offensive weapons. Odell, uh, Flowers. I, I think I'll believe it when I see it that they're going to air it out more consistently. I think they may try to do it early when the weather's warm to please Lamar, basically cater to him. Uh, now that they gave him all that money, try to make him into something that he's not. But I mean, if you think he's going to come out and air it out, then yeah, I would take a shot on him. I mean, he's already won an MVP before, but I just don't see it happening again. Yeah, I, I don't either. It's it's definitely going to be a tough road for him. Um, all right, well, since we're talking about quarterbacks, let's let's turn our attention because, again, is there any other MVP out there that you want to bring to light? I, I'm trying to pull it up. I, I, I'll i give it out for J-Mark. Justin Fields, maybe. If Justin Fields has one of those electric years running the football again and they win the NFC North, if you want to take a long, long shot on him, um, maybe Justin Fields is, is a guy that maybe he has a Lamar Jackson type of year or a Jalen Hurts jump. Maybe Justin Fields is that guy. Believe it or not, Justin Fields sitting at 18 to one, only 200 points less than Lamar Jackson and 14 to one on DraftKings. So he's 18 to one uh, on BetMGM and 14 to one on DraftKings. So uh, not really that much of a difference. He's not him that big a sleeper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll give out Sam Howell. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, the enemy's got a track record of having MVPs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but that guy that's named true. was Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So listen, let's take a look at some of these passing yard totals uh, that we've got going on for some of these quarterbacks. And we'll just pick out some of the guys we already talked about. Jalen Hurts, his over-under right now is set at 3,550 and a half yards. Neither one of these are juiced uh, any more than minus 115, so it's kind of pick your poison. But uh, over 3,550 yards, that feels like a lot uh, for Jalen Hurts, especially now, I don't know. That seems a, like a pretty high number. What do you feel like? So to put it in perspective, he had 3,100 in 2021, his first real year of starting. 2022, last year, a I would say probably an historic year for the Eagles in terms of the way that they achieved. He did miss some games late, missed two games with an injury, but he only had 3,700. I'll go under. Yeah. It's a I lot of yards. Yeah. That's a lot of yards for sure. Um, all right. Aaron Rodgers, his yardage is set at 4,025 and a half. That's minus 115 on either end. I feel like smashing the under on this one as well. But then it's Aaron Rodgers, so part of me feels like maybe I shouldn't. So for Rodgers, to put perspective into him, you said 4,050, right? Mm -hmm. His two MVP seasons, he had 4,200 and 4,100. Yes, there was one game less of a season that year, 
because uh, they expanded the season to 17 games from 16. But he was 3,600 last year in a full 17-game season. I think he's somewhere in the middle. I think 3,800s around where he finishes, so I'm on the under. I'm not going over 4,000 yards for Rodgers. Now it's the Jets. Yeah. Our buddy Nick Fortune is definitely going with the under as well, only because he cannot stand him some Aaron Rodgers at all. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I like that. Um, All right. Just a, a couple more. Uh, we got Joe Burrow is, is, uh, under his 42, 44, I'm sorry, 44, uh, 125. So 4,425 and a half yardage for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has thrown for 4,611 and 4,475 over the last couple of seasons. Um, this one feels like sort of a trap, but I may take this one. I think he does go over uh, 4,425 yards this year. That's probably the first over I feel comfortable really taking. I'm going to zigzag here and go under. I, I think I think there's a reason why they're putting this out so early, and they're putting it just below the two previous years of, like you said, 4,600 and 4,400. I think he's in that ballpark of 4,200, 4,300. I think this is an under. Interesting. All right, we'll take that. Um, Mahomes, 4,600 and a half. How do you feel about that one? So looking at Mahomes, 4,600. Look, last year he smashed you over with 5,200. Before that, he was around 4,800, 4,700. I'm going to go under. I I don't think that he's going to throw for as many yards as he did last year. I know that's crazy to say under for Patrick Mahomes, but it's hard for me to give out on May the 19th and over a 4,600 for Mahomes. Yeah, well, it gets, you know, they want to run the ball more. They've always wanted to run the ball more. That, yeah. I mean, it's like one of those things where it's like you always say, well, we need to run the ball more, and then you don't run the ball more. It's like, well, okay, so what are you going to do at this point? Are you going to run the ball more this year or not? And, and there's a lot to be said, too. I mean, I know Andy Reid still is the mastermind of – uh, the the playbook with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs that, that offense, but maybe losing the enemy and, and Tyree Kill the year before. Maybe it, it, I'm not saying it's going to hold Mahomes back, but maybe it's it's it takes a couple games. It takes four or five games just to mesh a little bit here, just with uh, um, the the new offensive coordinator Nagy's coming back. So yeah, I'll go under. Okay, yeah, me too. Uh, really. Uh, all right. Last one I, I want to hit on Lamar Jackson. This is crazy. 3,575 and a half passing yards for Lamar Jackson. He's never hit this mark ever in his life. Like I, I'm not understanding where this, I know they want to throw the ball more, but listen, last yeah. season. And then again, injury has been a big uh, part of why, but even in his best season, 3,127 yards uh, passing nowhere near that last couple of seasons. He hasn't even broke 3000 yards. So, 3,500 yards, that, that is a high mark for a guy like Lamar Jackson to, to hit. Uh, if we were giving out a lock for the show, this would be my lock, under. Not even close. I, he has not come close to this number in his career. I know they want to say that they're going to air it out more. And you said, yeah, he hasn't come close to it because of his health. Well, the health is the health thing doesn't go away the older you get. Like, if anything, you're more susceptible to being injured. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going under. He's not throwing for over 3,500 yards. Yeah, not even close. Um, all right, let's wrap up the conversation for quarterbacks with the uh, odds for the most regular season passing yards. Uh, we have Mahomes at the top of the list at plus 5,500. We just talked about their over-unders, so let's correlate that into the most regular season passing yards. Again, we got Mahomes at plus 5,500, Burrow at plus 600, Herbert at plus 700, Cousins at plus 1,000. haven't even said his name yet. Uh, mm-hmm. Allen at plus 1,000, Tua at 1,200. Lawrence at 1,400. I feel like I want to stop there. We'll talk about those first, uh, what is it, seven names, five names, <laughs> and uh, and see where we go from there. Any of these jumping off the page to you? I think I may go with Herbert. Herbert seems like he's a regular season guy uh, with, with uh, Kellen Moore coming over from Dallas. I think they air it out more. They got more weapons. They're healthy. Uh, got the kid from TCU to pair up with Keenan Allen and, and Mike Williams. So I think uh, I, I'll, I'll go, I'll take a stab on, on Herbert. The other guy I would, I would look at is Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I, I think that they're going to air it out and they're in a weak division. So I'll take a stab on Herbert and Trevor Lawrence for leading the league in passing guards. Other notable names: Aaron Rodgers at twenty-two to one. Uh, if you think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to light it up in uh, in 
Oakland or Oakland in Las Vegas, uh, 25 to one over there. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm a California guy. So every time I see the Raiders, like my initial thought is Oakland. So, uh, you know, forgive me for that, but, uh, yeah, uh, that's obviously not going to Lamar Jackson, 40 to one. <laughs> we just talked about that yeah. as well. So pretty crazy. And, and Rod, real quick, fun fact, Herbert, the last few years has finished second in passing yards. So maybe this is a year he gets over the hump and, and leads the league in, in passing yards. Mahomes won it last year. And then, uh, Somehow that that Tom Brady guy led it two years ago. I don't know how he does that at the age of what what was he forty four at the time? Robo arm. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. how he does it. Yeah. If we yeah. feel like Mahomes is going to take a step back, then yeah, I guess Herbert would be the natural one to take over. Uh, Ryan, do you have any update on Matt Ryan coming to the Commanders as QB one? Asks Nick. Yeah, I think uh, Washington Arizona is on CBS, so maybe he's going to draw that as his assignment week one. So that that's as far as I got with Matt Ryan coming to Washington. <laughs> uh, I love it. Um, all right, let's let's take a look at some running backs and let's take a look at the running back position. Uh, won't spend too long on these guys, only because uh, once again, like we talked about, as far as on DraftKings, the first non uh, non quarterback to be listed on the list of MB- MVP was Christian McCaffrey at uh, at 80 to one obviously we're not gonna be talking about them uh as far as mvp status but i don't know D- does christian mccaffrey move the needle for you at all uh, on on maybe an 80 to one shot to win the mvp or uh what is he on on uh what did i say 10 to 100 to one rather on bet mgm no i i i love mccaffrey too i i know he's a niner he's he, he's a stud but i like you said, I'm not I'm not tying up my money and betting against this quarterback trend. It's just not realistic. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Andrew had a question earlier, though. Uh, now that we are on running backs, uh, Kendra Miller to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. We didn't discuss him when we were talking Offensive Rookie of the Year, did we? Because uh, if Kamara does go on that six-game suspension, Miller could make some noise. Uh, what are you thinking about that? Yeah, I mean, he's a talented guy, play, played at TCU, helped them get to the national championship. I, I think uh, that's definitely worth a shot, I th- especially with Derek Carr now being there. Um, now that they actually have a realistic passing game, I think Kamara, Kamara's kind of been hit or miss even when he's been healthy. He's battled the injury bug the last couple of years as well. So, yeah, kind of a rookie, a talented rookie, stepping into maybe a potential division winner. Yeah, I definitely would take a stab at Kendra Miller to potentially win Offensive Rookie of the Year. It's frustrating when you know a guy is talented and the stats have not been there for it, which is exactly the case with uh, uh, Kamara. And and so, you know, maybe they do need an injection at that position. Maybe they do need, you know, they had Ingram and Kamara, and it was like that was the one-two punch, right? And then when Ingram was gone, but he came back, it wasn't the same. I, I don't know that that backfield has not been the highlight that it was a couple of seasons ago when Kamara was just going ballistic all over the place that demise. They need somebody, they need fresh blood. So uh, yeah, even if, even if I feel like Kamara goes out or, or doesn't go out with a six game suspension, maybe they start to to work Miller in more and, and maybe he does become the standout that that backfield needs again. And maybe that alone, puts him in in that rookie of the year conversation. And I mean Kamara has not been that productive the last couple of years. He's failed to average more than 4 yards a carry since 2020. So, he's kind of been hit or miss. He's missed multiple games each year. Uh always has off the off the field issues. So, yeah, I, I like Miller to step in maybe like you said, give him some fresh blood, fresh legs and maybe Kamara comes back and is kind of a uh a uh, a piece that that complements uh, Miller, kind of like we saw with Pollard and Zeke. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm all for it too. So it's uh, it, I think that's a good a good head. Or I don't know what the odds are for that right now. Um, I did not pull them up because I was not smart with it. But uh, we'll find them and we'll give them to you. We'll actually tell you what we think that should be uh, for it. But let's turn our attention to um, the most regular season rushing yards, the futures for that. Uh, right now, we've got Jonathan Taylor at eight to one, Derek Henry at eight to one, Nick Chubb at ten to one, Dalvin Cook at twelve to one. Um, Josh- I don't even know what team he's playing for. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, who knows? Now uh, he could be very well on his way out of Minnesota. Um, Josh Jacobs at twelve to one, and then Bijan. I'll stop here at fourteen to one uh, because I feel like that's probably a natural stopping point. Unless you think Saquon Barkley 
at 14 to one should be in that conversation as well. Um, but any of those favorites, Ryan, what, what are you feeling like as far as those favorites are concerned? Yeah, uh, I probably would go Nick Chubb in, in Cleveland. I, I think he's kind of just been the consistent uh, horse there in Cleveland the last couple of years. He's averaged five and a half yards to carry. You could argue Cleveland's got maybe the best offensive line in football, definitely a top five unit. Now, year number two of Watson, big year for them. I think Watson's improved, helps the running game out. I, I'll, I'll take a stab on uh, Chubb. He's been knocking on the door to lead the league in rushing. He finished uh, last year with 1,500 yards at third in the league, and then the year before that, um, he missed a couple games, but he's, he still was in the top ten by the end. Um, yeah, no, I, I think uh, I, I like Chubb. Or he finished second, sorry, in 2021 with him missing multiple games. So I'll take Chubb. And then would you say the King was at King, uh, King Henry? Same as, same as Jonathan Taylor at eight to one. I just, those guys have so much mileage over the last couple of years. with how many carries and, and the beating that those guys have taken. And then the quarterback uncertainties in Indianapolis with, with Richardson or Minshew. And then in Tennessee, you got, Tannehill and then maybe Levis. I may stay away from those guys. I, I know they've been great the last five years, but yeah, I like Nick Chubb. I think he's the fresher of the three running backs. I I'm intrigued by Josh Jacobs uh, just because of to see what Jimmy Jimmy G because we know that running backs can thrive in a Jimmy G offense, right? Because it's yeah. not we're not necessarily expecting Jimmy to light it up in the passing game. He definitely leans on his running game. He, he leans on the short passing game. So um, for Josh Jacobs, who led the league last year in rushing yards, right? 1,653 yards altogether over Derrick Henry. God, could he do it again? Like, that's that's the question. Can he do it again now that Jimmy G is there? And and look, we know that Jimmy G is still pretty fragile, too. So he could go down and, you know, we could see another quarterback step up in his place and may have to lean on Josh Jacobs again. And uh, at 12 to one, I feel like that's a pretty intriguing number for, for Josh Jacobs to come in and, and lead this league in, in rushing again. Yeah. And, and the crazy thing about Jacobs, this was the year number one of the, uh, Josh McDaniels offense. Remember they ran him heavily in that preseason game, the hall of fame game, um, where it was like rumored they may cut him. I mean, you fast forward what a year, uh, what difference a year makes that he leads the league in rushing averaging five yards a carry. Um, yeah, I, I, I Jacobs is, is still f- relatively fresh. We know the, uh, life expectancy, I guess is the right term for these running backs in the league is like four or five years. And then they just run out of gas, like the Zeke Elliott to the world. He's still young. I, I think Jacobs is worth a stab. You know, this is crazy. He doesn't actually play running back, but Justin Fields finished seventh in the league last year in rushing yards. Maybe there's a scenario where Justin Fields, if he could stay healthy, he leads the league in rushing. 22 to one. Those are his odds for that. Yeah. So not if, a bad you, yeah, if you like, if I think if you like his MVP odds, I think he's, this is definitely worth taking a shot. Cause I don't think he's going to kill everybody through the air. So he's got to take it to a whole nother level on the ground. The year that Lamar won the MVP, I think was 2019. I'm pulling up what Lamar did on the ground. He finished six in the league. So 1200 yards. I don't, I don't remember the last time if anybody's had a closer opportunity to leading the NFL and rushing at the quarterback position, maybe the RG3 and Cam Newton years, um, pulling up Cam Newton's stats in 2015. No, he, he wasn't on there. But Cam, Cam, Cam was more of the red zone presence, more than the bulk, bulk yardage kind of like uh, Lamar and Justin Fields are. Lamar at 30 to one to win this hurts at 35 to one. If you feel like he's going to get uh, a pretty good run at it. But I, again, I don't, I don't know that either one of them Lamar, yeah, but uh, definitely not hurts. Yeah. Uh, all right. I want to, I want to ask you, so they have one total regular season, uh, right. Oh, I'm sorry. They've got two uh, listings here on bet MGM for regular season touchdowns uh, on prop bets. They <laughs> consist of Lamar Jackson and Bijan Robinson, <laughs> like those are your two choices for for this so far early in the season. We talked about how books are just trying to to take your money early. I feel like this is a betting on the hype as far as that. So the over under on this, Ryan uh, Lamar, his rushing touchdown total is set at six and a half. Uh, the over is at minus one twenty five. The under is at minus one oh five. Does he have uh, seven touchdowns in him on the ground this season? Uh, you look at what he's done over the last few. 
He's only had seven twice in his career. And, and outside of that, it's five, two, and three. So can he get it done on the ground again? I, I'm going under. I don't think I, I, he's got too much injury uncertainty. Man, they're really throwing out these Lamar props, daring everybody to take the over. So I think this is a zig or zag while everybody's zigging. So, uh, yeah, I'll take the unders here. Yeah, and the unders priced just the best for you at minus 105. So if you're going to take either side of that, take that. Um, all right, let's talk about Bijan then. Uh, they've got his total set at eight and a half, uh, 115 either way, minus 115 either way. But uh, I don't know that I can trust a, a, a rookie to get me nine touchdowns in that offense. Well, the Falcons are weird because we know the Falcons are going to run the ball. We saw it last year where they basically almost had a two-to-one ratio, some games where they attempted twice as many uh, rush attempts as passing attempts. Ritter's going to slide in, so we know they're going to continue to run the ball. Algier, Patterson, they got a talented backfield, even with Robinson. I probably would go under just because everybody's labeled him already as their um, rookie of the year. But I, I just think that the other guys are going to touch the ball too. Patterson's been a red zone tar a red zone magnet for the Falcons in his tenure there. Last year, he had eight touchdowns a year before that six. So 14 touchdowns in two years. I still think he's a red zone candidate for the Falcons there. Yeah. And he takes away from Bijan's touches. Yeah, and, and so that, that kind of leads into this one, and I'll, I'll leave it here because I, I feel like this is a good place to, to leave this running back conversation with his over-under on yardage. They've got Bijan over uh, his number set at 1,075 and a half yards. What? <laughs> they expect him to be a 1,000-yard rusher right out of the gate in that Atlanta offense? Uh, yeah, give me the under on this one. Yeah, I'm not taking the bait. This is another under for me. But back, not so much just because he's not talented. It's going to be, I think, more of a committee than people are giving it credit for. I think they drafted him, but yes, they want him to be the primary guy, but Algier and Patterson aren't going anywhere. They have plenty of horses still to run the football in Atlanta outside of Robinson. Yeah, I'm not I'm not even thinking at all a 1,000-yard rusher. He'd be lucky if he gets to 700, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even 800, but I, I definitely don't see even in 17 games, a thousand yards is hard to do for uh, running backs who have been at it for a ton of time. Uh, you know, yeah, it's just, it's difficult. Uh, although there were 16 running backs that actually hit over a thousand yards. Um, Algier got there at uh, 1035 last year, but again, he's still on that team. So and, and, yeah. And, and Patterson at 700. So it's like, you're not just not going to use those guys. So I, I think it could be a year where none of them reach it and they're all around that seven, 800 mark. Yeah. Again. So that's, it's, it's all eating their own. Uh, so I definitely won't not take the over on that. Uh, all right, let's turn our attention to the receiving position. Uh, we talked about it. The, the book with the most generous offer for MVP was Justin Jefferson at a hundred to one uh, for MVP. But I don't know again that a that a receiver is going to walk away with the MVP of the of the league this year because it is a quarterback. But I will say so. Jefferson was at a hundred to one. Jamar's at a hundred to one. Tyreek's at a hundred to one. So if I were to pick three uh, receivers to even try, those would probably be the three that I would try. Yeah. I, th- I think Justin Jefferson would be your guy just because he's been the most consistent with uh, 1,800 yards last year, 1,600 the year before, 1,400 his rookie year. So on pace, he's set for 2,000 this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it probably wouldn't be uh, far out of his reach. Well, so then that leads to the question as, as we look at some of these uh, most regular season receiving odds early up, Jefferson does sit on the top of that list at plus 750. Jamar Chase right behind him at plus 750. Uh, Tyreek Hill at plus 900. Cooper Cup at 11 to 1. AJ Brown 16 to 1. I mean, Jalen Waddle 18 to 1. Devontae Adams at 18 to 1. Stephon Diggs at 20 to 1. That's where I'll stop because Kelsey's the next one on that list at 25 to 1, which is kind of absurd. I don't know that he's going to lead the league in receiving yards, but um, among those top nine or 10, uh, you, you talked about Jefferson leading probably going to be that guy again but yeah. uh yeah i mean yeah do you stake seven seven and a half to one to to get that done 
I I don't know if I would. I I, I think it's hard to lead the league in in receiving back-to-back years, but you look at it, he did lead the league in targets. I think if Tua stays healthy, Tyreek's a guy you look at um, because Tyreek was up there third in uh, targets, third in yardage. I mean, obviously we know his big, big playability, being able to beat guys over the top. Or maybe Cooper Cup bounces back with Stafford, and they have a big year. I mean, you look at what he did just uh, two years ago, their Super Bowl year in his first year with Matt Stafford. He had 2,000 yards receiving on 200 targets. So I would would take a stab at Cup on a bounce back maybe and uh, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I mean, the only other person like A.J. Brown on this list at 16 to 1 is, is intriguing. Devontae Adams now I feel like takes a small step back uh, at 18 to one, right? I don't know that he's going to lead the league yeah. in receiving because he's got Jimmy and, and again, Jimmy's not going to, he'll, he'll get, he'll get Devontae to it a thousand yard season. That That's probably going to happen. Like, but I don't see it going 16, 1700 yards. Like he's going to need to, to beat a guy like Justin Jefferson or even a Tyree kill for that matter. Tyree kill last year, 1710 yards. Uh, with Tua and not Tua, right? I mean, this yeah. was this was with and without Tua. So uh, Tyreek is dangerous. Yeah, completely agree. Um, I, I, if you're a big Jets fan and, you, and you're buying into the Aaron Rodgers hype, Garrett Wilson's up there. I mean, we saw what Rodgers was able to do with the Devontae Adams. Maybe Wilson's a guy that uh, people would be interested in. Twenty-five to one for uh, for Garrett Wilson. On, uh, on DraftKings. That's pretty interesting. Uh, CD Lamb on this list is actually 28 to 1. And CD Lamb was actually sixth in the league overall when it came to, uh, to receiving yards at 1359. Again, you're not going to get uh, Ryan to say anything nice about the Cowboys, but uh, I still don't see him being a factor. So 28 to 1 there. Uh, honestly, Ryan. The, the, the names at the top of this list are at the top of this ris- list for a reason. So it's not, I mean, like I said, with Justin Jefferson, it's it's probably going to be going in a way uh, unless you really feel like Tyreek Hill with a full season of Tua can surpass him. But, um, you know, it's a little tough to, to go down this list and, and try to find anybody that has an opportunity to get more than that. That's past like 30 to one, like Tyreek. Uh, Scary Terry, Devontae Smith, they're both 30 to 1. Uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, like DK Metcalf's at 3,500, Lockett's at plus uh, 40 to 1. So, like, I don't know, man. Like, none of these guys are really moving the dial for me. Oh, you're you're, you're muted. Oh, I muted myself. I was coughing. Sorry. Uh, If I want to buy back into my Jags narrative, year number two of the Philly, uh, or sorry, uh, Jacksonville with Doug Peterson, what he did in Philly, maybe a uh, Christian Kirk at 50 to one. Uh, he uh, finished 12th in the league last year in receiving yards. It's back to back a thousand yard receiving seasons for him. We saw him. He was big in the playoff run. Maybe they continue the m- momentum with Christian Kirk there. Um, Calvin Ridley, 60 to one. They get him off the gambling suspension. So maybe you, if you believe in the Jaguars with the soft schedule, maybe in Trevor Lawrence to take another step, maybe those Jags are worth a stab. Could be. Uh, all right. So the books are very, very thin on uh, receiving totals, actually. It's it's crazy. DraftKings has Garrett Wilson and Odell Beckham Jr. listed on there. Uh, they've got Garrett Wilson at 1,150 and a half uh, yards. That's his total. The over is at minus 120. The under is at minus 110. Uh, do we think Aaron Rodgers could get Garrett Wilson over uh, 1,150 yards? I think so. I'll actually give out an over in this one. He was 1,100 in his rookie year. I know it's his second year, but I think better quarterback play, more consistent. I'll go over on this one. Intriguing to me that uh, Odell Beckham is only at 575 and a half. Uh, they're both, both sides of this is at minus 115. Can Lamar Jackson get uh, Odell Beckham over 575 yards? This, this one's all pending health on both sides, quarterback and receiving. Uh, I know you could say that for each one, but I, I got to go under. I, I don't trust Odell Beckham at this stage in his career, or or really, I don't really, I still don't trust Lamar Jackson as a passer. So I'll go under. I know that's a short number, but I think the books are telling you it's a short number for a reason. 
Yeah, oh, for sure. I, I have a feeling that this is uh, this is a trap anyways. I don't know that Odell lasts the whole way through anyways. I don't think yeah. he makes it. I, again, I know he's talented, but when you... In the NFL, you see it all the time. Like, you see these guys that have been at the top of their game, and then something happens and knocks them down, and they, they just can't get back to where they used to be. It's a very difficult road to get to the top. And once you get knocked down from the top, these guys the willpower is probably not always there to, to be the same that they were before. And you see it in their play. You see it in their, their uh, Odell who says, Nick, um, that's exactly right. Because then all of a sudden they fall out of favor and you know, they only, it's a very, very tough road and very strong folks make it back there again. So um, I will throw in one more given that uh, uh, bet MGM has Darren Waller. <laughs> With Jimmy G, uh, his number is set at seven forty and a half uh, for for his regular season uh, rushing y- or receiving yards. Rather, How, what do we view on Darren Waller's season this year? Well, he's a giant now. Oh, giant! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can't. He can't. Yeah, he's no longer a Vegas Raider. So he's with Danny Dimes um, or Dan Jones, as Kramer calls it. Um, he's another guy that struggled to stay healthy. Only played twenty games the last two years. I'm gonna I'm gonna go under. I I, I just I I don't, I'm not the. I, they they have a lot of okay weapons in New York. Kind of do it by committee. I don't see Darren Waller being able to stay healthy the whole way to hit over. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a no for me too, dog. I I just feel like this is not <laughs> Darren Waller esque offense that he's gonna thrive in. And uh, yeah, if he if he gets hurt again, then it's all bets are off anyways. So, um, all right. That's it for pass catchers. Uh, let's talk about some defensive and coaches here real quick. Obviously, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on these guys because, uh, I don't know, we just we don't need to spend a whole lot of time because there's not a lot of stats other than maybe their, their defensive player of the year award out there for them. Um, Micah Parsons sits at plus 650. Miles Garrett, plus 700. TJ Watt, plus 750. Nick Bosa at 10-1. to 1. Max Crosby at 12 to one Ahmad Gardner at 12 to one. So sauce Gardner at 12 to one. Um, that's about where I'll stop the list. Cause they got Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick, Ad, uh, agent Hutchinson, Aaron Donald, I guess at 25 to one is another name to bring up. Any, any of these names uh, doing anything for you, Ryan? Uh, man, this, this is a hard one to gauge. This has kind of become the pass rush reward as of, as of, uh, as of late. I mean, you look at last year, Bosa won it. Then TJ Watt, Donald won it. Donald won it three out of five or four years before that. The first non-defensive lineman, you go down the list is Gilmore in 2019, but you look all the way back then. It was Keekly all the way back in 2013. I think if you're going to go with somebody, you got to go with the defensive lineman. So I think you can't go wrong with the Bosa or Watt. I, I think those guys have I mean, even Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett has not won this award yet. He uh, they just got Smith from Minnesota or sorry Green Bay, another weapon, and I, I think maybe he doesn't draw as many double teams. So I'll go Miles Garrett. Nick disagrees. He says not Miles, uh, oh, but yeah. I do. No. <laughs> I do feel like Bosa is is going to be my choice, and not just because I'm a 49er fan, but because you know Nick Bosa has always been that staple. And you know, all things being considered, the defense is really going to have to step up this year because uh, we don't know who the quarterback is, and so they've got to they've got to keep that team from scoring points. Because if they don't, uh, who knows if we're going to score any points? <laughs> so that defense has got to remain the strength of that team and. You know, we've seen Bosa just go absolutely bonkers over the last couple of seasons in San Francisco, and I don't see that slowing down. And I think that could carry him into um, the the uh, defensive player of the year conversation and quite possibly win it. And the fact that he's twelve to one, like that, that makes me even more happy because those odds are better than the Micah Parsons at seven hundred uh, and and Miles Garrett at plus seven fifty. Nick says we got our new savior, Sam Darnold. I am not buying that. You and I have had that conversation offline. There's no way I'm resting my hopes and faith on Sam Darnold for sure. That's why Nick Bosa needs to be a uh, superhuman this coming season. Yeah. And if you want to go a uh, deep, deep uh, dive on this one and going to buy the, this guy bounces back with the talent. He's on a contract here. I'll go to Washington, Chase Young. 50 to one. Hey. 50 to one. If you think that Chase Young has the talent, he's motivated coming into a contract year, got to have a big year to get paid. Chase Young, 50 to one. 
Yep. I, I like that. Actually, that's a, that's a really good guy, especially if he does step it up and, and be the guy that he needs to be. So um, good call out. Um, all right. Let's uh, no let's, bias aside. Well, whatever. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. Like I picked Nick Bosa, my guy, yeah. you pick your guy. It's, you know, that, that's the way it is. We, we know because yeah. we're intimately familiar with their play and they're both worthy of it. It's not as if we're just calling out a random guy. Yeah, no, it, and you, you got to look at the narratives too. I, these are so narrative-driven awards and guys that want to get paid. Contract years, you got to circle those. Yep, absolutely. Uh, speaking of guys that want to get paid, uh, let's turn our attention to the Coach of the Year Award. There's uh, some pretty interesting names sitting here on top, and that's Sean Payton. Obviously, we'll see what he can do uh, over there in Denver. And then, of course, Dan Campbell, both of those sitting at 10-1 to 1 right now. Mm-hmm. Do either one of these guys earn coach of the year at the end of this season. Yeah, you know, we haven't played a game yet, but this does seem like Sean Payton's award to lose because he's coming into a no-lose situation where he's taken over a situation where they had the worst coach in the NFL last year, but they have talent on the defensive side and they have a future Hall of Famer Russell Wilson. So, I think if he can stir that thing or steer that thing back in the positive direction win 10 and 11 games, Sean Payton will win it. Um a guy I like, Frank Reich, eighteen to one. He's got the narrative where he's in a bad division. Um, rookie quarterback Bryce Young. If he's able to win that division, he's. I think he's got a chance to win that. Uh, same with Eberflus in Chicago. That's uh, J. Mark's pick, so I already give that out. Campbell and Sala are, are media darlings, so the, I think that's why they're so high up. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, that's that's really Sala. Everybody loves Sala, right? Everybody loves. But then again, Sala's in the opportunity or in the in the spot now where he's got Aaron Rodgers. So if the Jets make a Super Bowl run, you could definitely make a case for fifteen mm-hmm. to one Robert Sala, right? I mean, that's that's kind of the narrative right there. It's like if Aaron Rodgers turns this team around and and Sala's at the helm of that. I mean, he's going to get the credit for it, obviously. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting scenario to play out. So you can make that case as well. Um, I, I, look, I'm, I'm scrolling down a little bit, and I, I'm going to play the homer. And I'm going to play the uh, Kyle Shanahan 25-1 uh, to 1 narrative because if he navigates four or five different quarterbacks, right, if he has to mix and match quarterback play again, if he has to rely on a, a piece-matched or a, a mismatched bag of, of players and takes them to the Super Bowl this year, like, He's been to the playoffs, right? He's been to the playoffs so many times on teams that probably have no business being in the playoffs. And if he does it again this season, and if he does it with all the uncertainty that's that's surrounding it, at 25 to 1, like this is a Super Bowl, possibly a Super Bowl contending team, right? A team that can get into the playoffs for sure uh, and possibly into the into the Super Bowl. We've seen it with Jimmy. We saw it with Brock. We saw it with, you know, uh, so many different guys in that scenario. But at 25 to 1, if he can do it again, there's no doubt in my mind that he's coach of the year. Yeah, the, the only problem with Shanahan is it's become like the expectation that he's going to do it. So it's like it, it goes back to the whole narrative where it's like, oh, Shanahan's going to turn the third string guy into a starter. So, oh, yeah, we expect that from Shanahan. So, but I, do, I don't disagree with you at all that he would be deserving if they are able to somehow be the ones he, getting Sam Darnold over and patching that season together. Yeah, I, I, and that's to me. Like I said, at twenty-five to one, that is that is one where if the Niners are six and oh, seven, well, even like four and three, I don't know. I, I feel like these odds aren't going to stick around much longer if if the Niners start to come out to a good season, you know, and only lose a game or, or two to start the season off. Um, you'll start to see these odds drop, and you won't get twenty-five to one for a uh, for a Kyle Shanahan uh, to be the coach of the year. Any other name on here sort of uh, piquing your interest other than the ones we've talked about? Uh, you could go to the same division. If, if Seattle's able to dethrone San Francisco, Pete Carroll. You could argue Pete Carroll should have won it last year when they got rid of Russ. They take another step forward, and maybe they're a one or two seed this year. I think Pete Carroll has all the makings of a potential Coach of the Year candidate. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one, too. And and again, the reason that I talked about the the um, the Niners, too, and Cal Shanahan is that if they play an AFC team, it's likely going to be the Chiefs, right? And Andy Reid's at 40-1. to 1. Andy Reid's not going to win Coach of the Year. <laughs> he just, yeah, he's just yeah. not anymore. There's no there's no compelling stories anymore. It's, it's, you have you to know go undefeated. What, exactly. Yeah, yeah. If he goes undefeated and, and wins out everywhere, then that's Coach of the Year. But 
his resume is already stuffed. He doesn't need that anymore. But um, yeah, I like it. Uh, that's about that's about as much as I can go. I, I don't feel comfortable giving out anybody else on this one unless there's really a team that you think makes a gigantic turnaround. And uh, well, maybe Doug Peterson. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, if you want to continue with my narrative, Jacksonville can contend maybe even for the one seed with how bad that division is, Doug Peterson. So another thing, him, him and Carroll were right there, runners up last year to Dayball. Maybe the media thinks that they owe them one, and if they take another step, maybe they throw it back to them, uh, kind of throw them a bone situation. Yeah, Peterson at 20-1 to 1, uh, to win this award. So, um, All right. Man, I feel like we've gone through – so much on this yep. show already. That's, that's good, good stuff. Um, but yeah, so uh, we'll come back again later on in the off season. We'll talk some more stuff, but uh, I feel like we packed the show full of good stuff. Yeah, it was uh, the way too early uh, player markets for a reason. So we got, we got more content coming over the next couple of weeks, twice a week till uh, we start our division previews in August in earnest. So um, all right, Ryan. Well, let's uh, go ahead and put this episode to bed. Why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media? Yep. And for everybody watching on YouTube, our Twitter handles are right there on the screen. Mine is at Moneyline underscore Mac. And don't forget to subscribe, like, and leave a comment. It helps the show a lot. The bosses like seeing that stuff. And like you said, we're going to be here all, all off season, less than 16 weeks of opening night. Indeed. Yeah. Continue to support the show. The bosses, like he said, love to see it. And we continue to bring you great content or at least, you know, Ryan does. I'll bring you content. Uh, follow me on Twitter at RJ via Gomez link in the body. Everything I got going on. Follow me at the NASCAR gambling podcast here on the network. And of course, in between media, the back road and check out my article for, for frequency sake coming out very, very soon. We'll be back again next week with more of the NFL gambling podcast. And until then, have some fun. Have a great weekend. Place those futures and let it ride.